Welcome to the Podcast Kings. Today we're going to be talking about... NFL signing deals with gambling sites. Burger King marketing campaign. Alright everyone, let's get started. First off, Nadim, you sound super out of energy. Um, on my end, I can't really see what you guys are... Um, looking like i don't know my internet's having issues or my software is not showing me you guys but i see myself um but from Sorry, the, you're seeing the important person from the sound i hear sounds like nadim you're like barely barely keeping your eyes open for the audience that's is not correct. aware it is um we're recording this at 12:30 a.m on a friday night you know grind don't stop but all right first story we have today yeah. is the NFL signing lease with bookies. And I'm going to do a shameless plug here right at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, the summary that I'm about to read or how I'm going to explain is based off the weekly rundown. This is a newsletter where we cover stories that you might have missed in five minutes or less. Every Sunday morning, we send this out. Uh, check it out at theweeklyrundown.us. But essentially what's happening, out. Yeah, essentially what's happening is the NFL signed a billion-dollar five-year deal with a casino and two online bookies now, you guys have probably heard these names before, FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, in the past, this had been illegal in most of the United States until the Supreme Court ruling in 2018. Now, historically, all the professional leagues oppose sports betting, as you can probably uh, assume why. Uh, there's been match fixing, biased referee calls, point shaving. But after the Supreme Court ruling, they all jumped in. Uh, you know, if everyone's trying to make a quick buck off this. The NFL was actually the last league to strike a deal. Um, uh, then we have a joke in here. <laughs> it says, we shouldn't be too surprised, though. The NFL has been making billions off of players' concussions for years. Uh, okay. <laughs> about half the states have legalized some form of sports gambling, with, with most of the others on their way. Leagues and networks will start incorporating ads for their preferred bookies into the games, with ESPN already trailing a live ticker for over under of XFL matches. All right, Yusuf, I'm going to kick this off to you. What are your thoughts as the sports guy? For the audience that doesn't know Yusuf, <laughs> Yusuf's bio is literally sports. I like sports on Twitter. <laughs> I thought that was going to go in another direction. I thought he was going to be like, for those of you who don't know, our resident gambler, Yusuf, was going to be like, whoa, no. But I'm glad, uh, just sports guy, because he shows interest in sports. You want to tell us something, Yusuf? Yeah, sports guy. Um, I mean, the thing is, like, um, that's what the, the thing is. I don't understand what what did you uh, did you happen to read the Supreme Court's um, decision, like the ruling on it? Like, I I don't know why they overturned the anti uh, anti gambling uh, laws. Uh, I don't I don't read. Or the, I don't know I'm read. sorry, the affiliations with uh, you know with with leagues. Are you familiar with that at all? All right, Chima shook his head no. Um, well, okay, so like you mentioned, point shaving and, you know, the incentivization of like, you know, playing a specific way, um, all that sort of stuff is, is stuff that I, I still worry about. I'm not entirely sure if, if it doesn't happen to a certain extent already. Um, because I mean, Michael Jordan famously, you know, famously, I think there's a rumor 
there's a there's a very you know famous rumor that goes around that Michael Jordan's first retirement, quote unquote retirement from the NBA, and I believe 1993, or it was 1994. It was 1993, I think. And uh, uh, the reason why he re he retired because he was a notorious gambler. Uh, now the way that these um, these gamblers kind of do their their work. I know I'm kind of digress digressing here, but uh, essentially Michael was involved in with the mob uh, and gambling, and he had owed like like hundreds of thousands of dollars at that point. Now, allegedly, these, huh? Allegedly, allegedly. Sorry, but um, these these um, these guys, these NBA players, they usually have their money tied up in assets, or you know, and and they get paid on a weekly basis. So Michael didn't have the lump sum of money, even though he's probably one of the richest players in the NBA at that point. So the way that they were making back their money was that they were placing bets on specific aspects of the game. Michael's going to have so-and-so amount of turnovers. Michael's going to have so-and-so amount of steals, or there's going to be a last-second shot that, that Michael's going to heave, right? That sort of stuff was, was getting thrown into play, allegedly. I can throw allegedly in here a few times. So so the thing is, um, I, so, so Michael Jordan, in a, um, in a low-key way, got suspended by the NBA, saying we need to protect our star player's image. We don't need him out there associated with gambling. Why the entire American sports industry turned and now said, hey, we're going to allow gambling to, to be, you know, to be legitimized and affiliated with us now is beyond me because I because I feel like if you're in a position where um, you're affiliated with the league, players are going to be involved in that as well. Unless there's there's some you know some sort of hey like you know you're affiliated with our league, you you cannot gamble on league games. That's that's a no. Maybe maybe that's gonna happen, but um, I think that this is this is probably a step in the wrong direction. To, to legalize gambling and affiliate, or not to legalize gambling, it, it was legal, but affiliating it with, with the with the industry itself. I think that's just gonna lead to so many problems and so many many backdoor issues and, and it's gonna take away from the legitimacy of, of sports, in my opinion. So I think the only difference is now they're making the money. That's why it's legal. So, so Yusuf, because... have you seen The Last Dance? Yeah, I've seen The Last I've seen parts of The Last don't get me started on the last dance, okay? I'm really mad at it, it was just it was it was it was Michael's point of view of how his career went. It wasn't it wasn't a documentary by all, by any means. So sorry, sorry. I, so I, I wait, don't wait, wait. hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. on. What, what is your this. definition of a documentary then? A documentary should 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 display the facts in front of you, what? right? And Who then and then that? you draw your conclusion based off of the facts. The hold fact, on, hold on. The what kind of definition? There, the facts so, that were there was that Michael wanted people to view him in a specific way. 2016 happened. LeBron beats a the greatest team, the greatest regular season team in NBA history, and then and then everybody says, "Hey, guess what? Michael uh, LeBron's in goat conversation now. He beat the greatest regular season team basically on his own. He was averaging like 40, 10, and 10. Like this guy was 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 averaging like like ungodly numbers." And, and then Michael's like, you know what, guys? I have all this footage for my last NBA season, my last 1998, sorry, my, my 1998 season. Let me go ahead and release it to make it look like I was the greatest and I am still the greatest of all time. That's what that was. All right. It was just Michael's <laughs> no. diary in video form. 
Today I woke up and I was the greatest. Yesterday I woke up and I was still the greatest. This guy, bro. Wait, hold on. Okay, so hold on. I actually want to get into get into what your gripes with this so-called documentary, according to you, right? Um, what part of? Because there were other people talking about Jordan, and I'm sure it was to benefit him. But like, okay. First question is, how much did you watch? And then second question is, uh, what, like, what exactly bugged you about it? We're waiting on Yusuf. He just had to step out real quick. Oh, okay. All right. He's back. All right. Somebody came to my door. Um, actually, they're in my apartment now. So, headphones in. So, so I was asking, so here, here was my question. I'm going to repeat it again, okay? Let's hear it. The, the question was, how much of it did you actually watch of the documentary? And what exactly was your issue with it other than you think that it's pulling Jordan's narrative? Uh, so the last dance was like 10 episodes, right? So um, if I, I'm going through the episode list right now. Um, episode one, episode, episode, I, I, I watched episode one, two, three, four, um, and then that's it. Oh no, one, two, three, four, five. The first five is what I watched, and then the last episode, episode ten. I think there was eight episodes? Were there ten episodes? Ten, ten, ten. episodes, yeah. Okay. And then, and then the rest were all, like, me watching clips of like you know like whatever was on social media the next day all right so what was the issue with the with the or with the six episodes you watched just just felt like bs to you i felt okay so i i was i was really much interested in you know as a, as a detroit fan i was i wasn't around during the 80s obviously so i wanted to know what happened because it's it's the greatest era of basketball and it's the era where the bad boys were thriving, right? I needed to know. So, mm-hmm. like, literally, I studied from, like, 79 to, like, 91, essentially, just to see how the, the, the scope of the NBA was. And I realized that Michael essentially just, he threw everyone under the bus of, that was on that, like, initial Bulls team. He came in in 83 or 84. So he threw yeah. everybody. The first episode, Michael just goes, yeah, I walked into a room and everybody was doing cocaine and there were hookers there and yada, yada, yada. And you're starting out your, your entire series by throwing your entire team under the bus. And it didn't accomplish anything. Like, to me, like, maybe they were trying to show that the Bulls were an inept organization. Okay. But like, Hold on, let him, let him finish. We'll, maybe, we'll talk about maybe, the Maybe they were trying I'm to show you. that the Bulls were an inept organization and, and, the, and the state of the team was that it was a wasteland. All right, maybe they were trying to show that. But the fact that this guy comes in, and it's all from Michael's point of view. I didn't want to be anywhere near that sort of stuff. Yeah, like he's trying to show himself that he was morally above these guys, right? That is point number one that ticked me off because we all know Michael was literally one of the worst people as it came to social activism, the worst people as it came to like his business, his business like prowess. Like he's literally known as a bad tipper. Someone who's got millions and millions of dollars, the guy's just like, why, why do I need to tip the money? They're doing their job. Like, the guy who's been mm. given so much, he's just like, no, I don't, I don't care about that. Michael is completely the most selfish person 
that like that like you ever can hear about like from a business perspective so when he comes in and he just throws these guys under the bus and just says yeah they're this they're that they're he's like basically listing off their their ineptitude and then later on like he doesn't even address the fact that he was like i mean he does like very like little very little he he addresses you know the the gambling allegations but but he doesn't even like like want us to like believe like mobsters have come out and said yeah michael was in our michael was on our payroll and he doesn't say anything about it but he can by like you know no evidence no nothing he can say yep there were hookers and cocaine and alcohol in that room and those guys were terrible people and i led them to i led them to the playoffs and i scored 63 points and you're just sitting there like come on michael are you serious i mean i mean that's facts it's okay continue no, i'm sorry I, are you I, done I jumped in. So, so okay. So, <laughs> team was just I, don't, I don't know why team was so so antsy about this cho- this topic. Okay, okay. So that's, that's problem number done. one. Off the off the bat, <laughs> he's so mad. <laughs> Look at the face. You don't yeah. even watch sports. Why are you so mad? Continue, are you done? Continue. He's, no, no, he's no, no I'm, not, I'm, not finish, I'm not done. I'm not done. All right. Okay, so that's continue, that's though. point number one. Michael Michael has now he's got some some level of 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 self righteousness. Hey. I am Michael, the the best player uh, on the court and the best person off the court, right? That's number one. Number two, he starts talking about the competition in the league. And he basically says, I was was the best player like year two, year three, which is true, which is true. But he's not giving anybody credit from a team perspective, right? And I understand that it's a docuseries about the Bulls. But if he wants to actually build himself up, he has to build the competition up as well. If he just said, "Yeah, they had their time, whatever," then I came in and I played, I played like the best, played like the best player throughout that entire time, and my Bulls were top of the top of the the, the ladder from then onwards. He doesn't talk about how he had a losing record the first three years of his of his career, and he made the playoffs against the and, and he had that 63 point performance against the Celtics. He had a losing record that year. Right? No, he doesn't bring that up. He doesn't bring up the fact that he got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs the first four years of his career. Right? He doesn't bring up the but fact. But wasn't that he... the thing about just the last year? It it was the 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 series was was about the last year, the culmination of the entire dynasty. Right? So he he starts off by just saying they were in my way, and eventually I got around them. But essentially, what it was was that Michael wasn't good enough, and he had to basically take players from those teams to build up his own team and then get the help he needed to get to that level overcome that big hurdle it wasn't a hurdle for him he just walked around it that's that's what michael basically like that's that's what i got from the first five episodes and then the whole thing about um and then obviously this is coming from a pistons fan so take it with a grain of salt but isaiah thomas you know, was brought on. He's a big part of, of Jordan's life, right? Jordan and Isaiah do not like each other. From 1985 onwards, Jordan and Isaiah do not like each other. There was an incident, you know, at the All-Star game where Isaiah's like, let's phase him out. He's like a rookie. I don't care about him. This is my show. Uh, we don't need to pass him the ball. I'm the best player in the world right now, right? That happens. There's that beef. I'm not saying that it wasn't warranted by Jordan. It was. But from then onwards, they don't like each other. Michael doesn't address any issues of why he doesn't like Isaiah, personally, as a player. What he basically says is, the Pistons dirtied up the game of basketball. Now, to me, that points a really bad picture because what the 80s were 
it was a very physical time in basketball. And what you needed to do was be so much better than the next team that you that that physicality no longer played a, a, a factor in in how good you, and, you, and, and you can't you can't say that. that no, I no, mean, no. Pistons. No, no. They were they were known for injuring people and just being okay. the roughest team around. Okay, okay, so that's so that right. that's I'm a Pistons point. fan too. I'm from Detroit, but facts are facts. No, no, okay, right? no, that's my point, right? It is a fact that the Detroit Pistons were were the were the most destructive in the most destructive era of basketball. But but now this is now this is the big caveat here. That was the style of basketball. The Celtics were doing it too. The Sixers were doing it too. The Not Lakers to were that doing level. To that Pistons level. Were, to that Pistons level. were literally known for just messing people up. No, but it, that's the thing, Emma. It was Nadim. That was that was the thing. It was to that level. The problem was the Pistons were doing it to, with consistency, and they didn't have any friends off the court. They're like, you know what? We know what it is. You guys are the coastal royalties. You guys are going to do your thing. You guys are going to get the coverage. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the players. But we are a team here. They're, they're a team without MVPs on it. There's no past, future, or present MVP on that team. League MVP. They came together, and they did it consistently because they knew that they weren't going to get the calls. They weren't going to be able to 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 like get the home court advantage because those guys had literally three or four Hall of Famers on their team just from like their individual talent perspective, yeah. right? And it wasn't like, oh, as a team, they came together. There was, a report, there was an important part of their team. They all became, no, they were all Hall of Fame talent, top tier talent. Michael went ahead, discredits that, and just says, no, it was just a weak era of, not a weak, he doesn't say that it was a weak era of basketball, but Michael says, no, that wasn't really it. Michael, I mean, Magic and, and, and Bird were doing their thing, but it was my time afterwards. Basically saying the Pistons, weren't really there but the pistons were back-to-back champions they were they could have done they could have gone for a three-peat if not for a really bad call like literally it was the la- it literally decided the, the game that's how bad of a call it was that stopped them from winning the championship three times and they defined that era of basketball like the reason why flagrant fouls came into place was because of the pistons right because they were the most destructive the most destructive point era of basketball but jordan wants to say hey they were evil they were bad for the game and the Pistons were like bad for the game. Like the Celtics did it to us. The Lakers did it to like like um what's his face? One of the players punched Bill Lambeer in the face and didn't get thrown out because that was just the style of basketball. But the problem was since Michael was the best player in the world and they were going after Michael, it got national coverage that the Pistons were like evil people, they were bad players, they were injuring people, they were they were dirtying up the game. And Michael reiterates that. And I think that it takes away from the history of basketball. The fact that Michael wants to put that on the Pistons, like, oh, they walked off the court because they weren't, they weren't good champions. They didn't deserve to be champions. Pistons were saying, like, yo, the Celtics did it to us. Celtics were saying, the 76ers did it to us. What are you talking about? To me, it was, it was a diary of Michael just saying, hey, th- this is what NBA history is from my eyes. And people, because they view Michael as the greatest of all time, take that as fact, when it should not be fact. It should be contextualized within the era of basketball. I think Chima's still waiting for you to get done. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I can see him. He's uncomfortable. He's fidgety. Are you done? (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Okay, so honestly, the only reason why I let you finish is because Nadim said, let him finish, okay? All your arguments can be 
broken down. So first off, I'll, I'll give a disclaimer here. I've seen it twice. Um, so the reason All I brought through? this up, yes, the reason I brought this up was not because of the last dance in particular, but uh, in the last dance, David Stern. So we were talking about sports betting. So they asked David Stern, was this uh, his early retirement, the first retirement? Was this a result? Was this some kind of suspension? And he said, no, it wasn't. So a couple other people that were involved in the NBA at the time, some vice president of marketing as, as well, they all said, no, it was not a suspension. So that's why I brought it up, right? And the gambling that he was allegedly, uh, you know, part of. part of was not like basketball gambling. So he was on the hook for like, he would gamble at like golf games. Like he would be like, hey, $10,000, I could beat you in, in golf. Like that's the kind of gambling mm -hmm. he was doing. Like he's gambling on himself, right? So now- wait, wait. Chima, let me clarify so, that actually, because I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. The gambling was definitely about him, gam him betting on himself. But since he got into so much debt, they were asking him to do them favors in the game so that they can make that money back without him actually paying that money to them. So Chima, this like is something they didn't touch too much into the documentary, right, right. but outside of it, there's a lot of stories. So this is what Yusuf is talking about. Yeah. yeah. So my, my point is like, if, if it was a result, uh, like if, if this first retirement was a suspension, like David Stern would have said something there, you know what I mean? Like, no, so come on, uh, the allegations come are on. allegations. Okay. Look, and, and if you wanted to use a story, I would have used Tim Donaghy, the, the NBA ref who was actually fixing games and actually caught. Rather than bringing sure. up Michael Jordan uh, and all this stuff. Now, while we're on the subject of the Last Dance, I, I want to get back to destroying. I want to get back to destroying Yusuf's argument here, uh, and like to. really, it's just that the premise of a documentary is not to present both sides and you know show like history in an unfiltered lens. That's not the point of storytelling. That's you know what fair. I mean? Like th they made this to make money. <laughs> They didn't make it so that Yusuf could have a nice little history book of the NBA. You know Just, I mean? that's justice. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> right? So, like, I mean, you have to understand that's the lens that it's coming through, right? And so, yeah. sure, like, you may not like those things, but at the same time, like, th that's the point of the whole docu- Like, it, that's what it's for. You know what I mean? It's supposed to paint Jordan. So you have to do, like, you brought up the story of uh, how he threw the bulls under the bus. Like, he has to paint the picture like hey i mm -hmm. took this team from where it was to this other level otherwise it's not a good story that's basic storytelling you know what i mean like you start with the status quo and then you and it's yeah and it's his video like it's his life that's being followed he has rights to the video i guess he, he does have the right to show it any way he pleases that's like if tomorrow you became super famous and your home videos are now worth millions and millions and millions of dollars you can choose to show the way your home video it's not going to be like you know you're someone's going to come up and be like that wasn't the real yusuf right like i know this dude used to sip jai but there's like oh no no that's like so i only drink high coffee you know the, what I mean? the example i thought of was like i was like imagine you know those like netflix documentaries about those like serial killers like imagine if they just showed like the full story and just been like you know actually he had good relationships with this person and that person and it's yeah. just like no it's not it's not a good story though you know what i mean like you want like okay sure you throw in one or two of those so you have a little bit of a like oh like is he really guilty but like at the end like you gotta like you gotta really like hit at home that like man this guy was a bad guy and he got what, what was coming to him i agree i agree with everything that you're saying 
But the problem is whenever Michael speaks, it becomes fact rather than the point of view. No, it when doesn't. Michael, no yes, one... it does. Yes, it okay. does. Because Maybe for some people. When Michael said the Pistons are bad for basketball, national media ran with it. That the Pistons were okay, evil, hold on. an evil team, okay. and they got vanquished. I know we're, we're digressing so much here. No, 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 no. no. But... Can I say something, though, here? It's Michael Jordan, right? Like, <laughs> See, it's, there you go. It's That's somebody... my point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's not just anybody. Like, he earned that place. You can't say he earned, did not earn that spot. He if anybody else rewrite history is that what you're saying no 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 no. he's earned the spot where his voice is louder than everybody else's because he is at the top of the game fair quite possibly ever right so yeah his voice holds more weight than most people you can't get mad about that right Yes, I'm I can. Wait, wait, wait. If you can say Michael's voice can hold more weight, then you can. Then I'm allowed to just have my opinion. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'll I'm give not, you. I'll give you I'm an not, example, right? Wait, hold on. But uh, you're you're mistaking me for saying that I I that you know the documentary, how the way that was played out was wrong, and that that they that they should have done it like a different way. I'm saying that it was a poor documentary for this reason, right? That that's that's all I'm saying. I think but it was I think I also, it was the best documentary ever. I like I get so motivated. I, I'm gonna watch it again after Ramadan. Like I'm like legit. It gets me so pumped. Like I will I will watch like an episode. I'll come to this podcast. I'll just be like, like you know, I'll be a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like 100%. I I like some aspects of it, but I'm just saying that like to me when Michael basically I, just trivializes everything that was important to that I, to Yusuf, the story of the NBA Yusuf, during that time. I see myself. Yusuf, I see myself as Michael Jordan on this podcast. Every time you say something, I take it personal. <laughs> you know, there's like a clip. Okay, just, I, just, you didn't get the just, joke, but there's a clip. Chima, just out of curiosity, what is Yusuf on this podcast? I don't know. But, uh, what so, player so would a, you bring him down? There, he's the Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah that's Thomas. great so, praise thank you so thank you so that's there, great praise. For, for the audience like i was there's trying to make a, a joke but yusuf really just took it personal but um <laughs> the point is that there's like see, this... if you if you were able to see us you'd know that we're taking it as a so, joke too <laughs> so no I, I do see you but you're like so here's um i see you guys now so there's a clip that's like six minutes long on youtube of every time in the last dance that michael jordan says uh like then i took it personal Cause he like mm. he would take these little moments yeah. and just like play it out in his head like it's some crazy slight against him. No, no, okay. So for it me, was the fuel that, to his game. That was, like yep. every time he went Super Saiyan on the court, <laughs> it was because somebody said something to him, or he, he thought somebody was talking about yeah, him, or exactly. something like that. Okay, so for that, that one hundred percent, he has my respect for that. I completely think that's the most badass thing that Michael is known about. He's literally known <laughs> as someone like when Spike Lee was talking crap to him on the sideline. He was like looking at him and he'd be like, okay, for sure. And then he's like, what do you think I'm not going to be able to do? And then he'd be like, all right. And then he does it right there. <laughs> and then when um, in the finals against uh, the Eastern Conference finals, they carried off Horace Grant, which is a former Bulls player that signed with the Orlando uh, Orlando Magic. I think it was in the Eastern Conference or semifinals. Uh, so they carried him off and they basically said, and he basically said, Michael Jordan wearing the number 45 isn't Michael Jordan. That's some old Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan's like, really? He goes and he puts it, the next game, he puts on the number 23, and he just absolutely kills him. Absolutely destroys him. And that, seeing that sort of stuff, that he Dude. has to respect for that no matter what. 
Yeah, the, the best one. Yeah, yeah, you said the best one. And, and I think I'll share this one, then we'll go on the next topic. There was this like rookie on Wait, the... we should we should wrap up the gambling one afterward, the gambling topic afterwards, but I mean, is there anything else you want to say about the gambling? Uh, well, yeah, I wanted your views on on the gambling thing because I talked about yeah, how it... gambling, like, I don't understand why they reversed it or anything. Okay, let him finish his point, then yeah, we'll go, go we'll go to that. All right, so the the best one is in there was this rookie. I think he was on the Wizards, or at the time, it might have been the Bullets, um, and he like scored twenty eight points on Michael Jordan. He's oh, just a rookie, was... yeah, just like a random like guy, yeah. right? Yeah, and then yeah. Michael. The story goes that, like, uh, he said, nice game, Michael. And so the next game they play him, Michael Jordan drops 28 in the first half. And then he just keeps going off. And then turns out, like, later, they asked Michael in the documentary, he's like, did, did he say, nice game, Michael? He's like, no, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's kind of, like, the level that he, you know, yeah. he just, like, just kind of do that kind of thing. But, yeah, coming back so, to I sports betting. Hold on, before we before we do that, I this goes back to like I, I feel like if you're at that level, right? There's very few people on, you know, it's lonely at the top, right? Like there's very few people like him, but those people don't have friends, hmm. right? Because because they don't care. They they literally they have one goal in mind, and it doesn't matter who's in the way, what's in the way, they're gonna get there with or without like this is a conversation i was having with uh with my brothers and we were talking about kobe and tracy mcgrady and i think we spoke about this um before too but literally in the interview they're talking as friends but tracy mcgrady is like hey in one of the games i told him my back was hurting right and he literally there's a video of him coming down and elbowing t-mac in the back right and he's like, I just wanted to see, because he just wanted to win the game. And he's laughing about it, but I'm like, what kind of friend, right? That, I mean, yeah, they're sitting together now and laughing about it in the interview and stuff. But like, yo, what kind of friend is like, yo, let me check your back, right? Like in the middle of the game that you're, you're, and he just straight up, and you actually see this in the video. He's just coming down. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to, like, he was just laughing about it, Right. I feel like when you're there, it doesn't matter, right? Like you're, you're, it's one of one. There's not many people you can even relate to, let alone be friends with and keep those friendships. And there's no way you're going to let winning come in or not winning come in the way of your friendships or even relationships. Yo, Loki, I kind of, uh, slight digression not a slight digression but i kind of did that to a lesser degree with my friend he came over to me he had recently lost weight and we were playing basketball he's like hey my pants keep falling down so i was like okay so the entire time i was guarding him, i was pulling his shorts down so that he'd have to fix it during each play because i knew that he was having those issues that day. Hey, hey nice try to analogize yeah. yourself with kobe but i am uh, mamba mentality yo you know what's sad <clears throat> kobe died on my birthday so i have to move my birthday a day over <laughs> Because everybody mourns Kobe on my birthday now. All right. Uh, coming back to sports. <laughs> yeah. Sports betting. She was like, yeah, not interested. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not discussing how this guy had to change his birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. No, sports betting. Let's wrap it up and then we'll move. Are there any thoughts you guys had? Nadim, did you have any thoughts? No, I, I have no thoughts on the matter. 
Uh, all right, Yusuf, do you want to wrap up? Yeah, I'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'll wrap it up. So um, just touching base on the Tim Donaghy thing, I think that that was almost, um, I think like that's such, that's such distant memory at this point now, which is crazy because um, that, was, as the, that was more recent than yeah, Michael Jordan. Yeah. But the thing is that the thing is that the Donaghy thing got swept under the rug because NBA wanted to get so far away from it. Those were their own referees that got caught to do that. And Donaghy mm. was saying some raucous stuff. He was saying, honestly, we knew what players were going to do what thing. So in our own circles, we were just saying, hey, I'm going to pop him for that. I'm going to pop that guy for that. Like, and, 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 is and this... the NBA wanted to just be like, no, we had nothing to do with that. That guy's going to jail. We're going to do everything we can to put him away in jail. We want to distance it. So like, to see that sort of stuff, like they've only come about 15 years since that incident. And now they're just like, was this one of the games? Was this one of the games where he ejected Tim Duncan for laughing on the bench? No, no, no. That wasn't Donaghy. That was uh, Joey Crawford, and he had like okay. man, he had anger problems. Uh, Joey Crawford actually had to go to a- anger management before he returned to roughing games because they were like, That's interesting. yeah, because they were like, yo, something's wrong with you mentally. You gotta. But you gotta is that anger out. management or was that fixing stuff too? Because because no, 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 no. I was like that. No so I watched the video. No, no one knows. But I watched on YouTube. If you type in uh, Tim Duncan laughing ejected, yeah, it's literally like he's on the sidelines laughing, and he gets kicked out of the game. So just for no reason, and he himself is so shocked, like he doesn't know what to do. Like, so another reason why Tim's face was just like, like his his yeah. eyes were wide, his jaw was dropped, was because was because um, Joey Crawford went over to him and said, "Do you want to fight?" You, like he challenged six foot eleven Tim Duncan to a fight, and Tim was like, "What are you doing?" Like he's like, "I." And Tim was and like on the mic, Tim was saying, "I don't, I don't, I don't want to fight." <laughs> like, 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 cause it was literally. I think it was one hundred percent anger magic because nobody goes over to somebody and says, "Do you want to fight?" Unless you like, you got something in your head like, "Ah, this guy did something to me personally." Like he was taking whatever was happening in the game personally against him. But going back to it, do you remember the Western Conference uh, Finals between Sacramento Kings and LA Lakers in 2003 or 2002? Essentially, no one's going to remember that. What? Like, no, no, no. What? It's, it's a very famous game. Games, game. It was game seven or game six. Um, essentially, the Sacramento Kings felt like they could contest with the Kobe-Shaq duo. They felt like they had a good team. Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, etc. Um, I think Kenyon Martin as well. Essentially, what happens is that um, 28 calls in like the final, in like the entire game or the final quarter, something like that, against like 11. Like it was very one-sided and um, and Tim Donaghy was refing that game. The guy who gets popped for, for you know, gambling, doing the, the inner the inner official sports betting ring. And he gets, and basically like the FBI decided that they needed to review that game tape in order to decide whether or not there were some calls going the wrong way. So to, to, do, to go from that to where the FBI is reviewing one of your, like, pivotal playoff games for gambling concerns to then go into the point where, yeah, we're going to affiliate ourselves with gambling websites. Granted, they're more fantasy-based where the, the players are rewarded for their performances rather than, you know, like take like you know points are taken off because of their performances like it's 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 much it's much of a it's much more of a different 
type of gambling. But like to get to that point, only 15 years, like less than 20 years after all of that, all of those incidences, is really, really unbelievable. I don't understand how it, it's even happening. All I'm gonna say is this new generation needs a lot of self control, and they need to start practicing now, because things like this are getting easier to access before this was a thing that you actually had to go to or travel for or you know going to vegas or you know or you had to know a bookie or you know those sort of things now you can download an app on your phone and start doing this stuff and that's scary because people can blow away their you know lifetime savings and money and blah blah so yeah how about we can move on there's gonna be a lot of kids stealing their parents' credit cards (laughs) <laughs> over the next five years and signing up for gambling websites. Yeah, I mean, you already hear it. Like, um, I, I think some sports already allow it or something. So, I mean, sometimes when I'm in some circles, I'll hear like, oh, I put this much money on this game and won this much. And it's just like, oh, okay, nice, man. Like, good for you. But it's like yeah. at the same time, like, what are you opening the door for at the individual level, right? Like Nadim mentioned, yeah. a lot of losses, right? A lot of losses. And so... Uh, and then I think at the actual league level, like, w- why would you not be incentivized to be more Tim Donaghy's, right? It's just, I think eventually it will happen. All right, All right moving, moving on. on. Go ahead, Yusuf. Were we talking about Honda? Or are we talking the Burger King thing? Let's do the Burger King thing. Okay. So uh, we can talk about how uh, Burger King used FIFA 20 uh, to sponsor a tiny English team uh, in a big deal. Uh, There's a league out in Britain, League 2, and there is a football club, Stefanich Football Club. They are – so Stefanich Football Club – is uh participates in league two which is the fourth division of football the there's the premier league um uh the championship league one and then uh league two right so league two has a team called stefanage and stefanage is the is the lowest low end of of that league they are the smallest team they are they don't even win that much okay burger king um the global head of marketing, uh, Markello Pascoo, um, essentially went out to the team and said, "Hey, you know, we're just we're just trying to support a small small market team, and we want to make sure that you guys get coverage." What was actually happening was that um, this was uh, Burger King's marketing campaign that was going to be tied to uh, FIFA 20's video game. Essentially, what they were going to do was then uh, list in-game challenges for virtual Stefanich players. Um, so they'd be like, hey, uh, if you do 20 nutmegs in a game, then we're gonna call it the Nutmeg for Nuggets Challenge. If you get 20 nutmegs in a game, then you get free nuggets. Or um, if you do something that's considered an impossible a move, we're gonna give you one impossible Whopper for free. And then whoever, whoever completes those challenges would then upload the footage to Twitter and they'd be eligible for the free food, right? So. Um, then what ended up happening is that these guys were then buying within the game these top-rated players and uploading videos of the top-rated players in Burger King's uh, Burger King's kit, and essentially this was this became kind of like an online an online scenario where they were saying, hey, like you know, this is 
this is great to this is great for us in the sense that you know these big name players are wearing our merchandise people think that it's really fun that burger king they're, they're wearing a burger king jersey and um the internet community really came in together and it's called the stefanich challenge and everybody was really like taking a part into it and i think it ran until october of last year or october or it's running until october of this year and i thought that was really clever by burger king that they were able to like uh utilize um uh uh they were able to utilize Burger King. Uh, I'm sorry, Burger King was able to utilize FIFA 20 in order to further their marketing efforts. Um, I, I ended up getting most of this, um, most of the the information off of this website, MuseByCL.io, uh, under their gaming section. So you should go check them out. Um, but yeah, essentially, I thought that was a really cool thing that happened. Um, I, I, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like. Uh, on, on Burger King and their and their interesting marketing campaign. That's just a brilliant marketing campaign. Because you're getting so much free publicity, it's unbelievable. And it's it's content that keeps on coming. It's not something that Burger King has to constantly put out. Exactly. It's just people who are just gonna constantly share and constantly share. Yeah, the, the, they're not putting any money in aside from the fact that they sponsored the team. Like whatever, like few few thousands it was, maybe a few ten thousands, just mm -hmm. to sponsor the kit. That's all it took in order for them to have a global marketing campaign. Isn't that like absolutely like unbelievable? Yeah. So you said just uh, uh, just for some clarification, you're saying they sponsored the kit in real life or in FIFA? In real life, and then FIFA has to create recreate the kit in real life. So like no matter I'm not in real life in the game. Sorry. So FIFA has to FIFA, FIFA is has creating to these miniature figures in real life. <laughs> no, no. So essentially FIFA is like, "Oh, you know, that's their kit. We have to include it in our game. That's because we have our contract with with FIFA and we must uh, you know, with the within the developers and and the teams, their their kit has to be replicated within the game." So essentially they paid a few 10,000s to get global exposure for a small market team. There was like a like a like a a benefit for for both sides, but Small market team got exposure, you know, and then they got global. Burger King got global exposure for what was going on, and I thought yeah. that was just pretty cool. This is it's just genius, man. Like this is, yeah. I think, when we're talking about marketing, I think one of the things we have to understand is the really great marketers. And if you look at uh, what's that guy that like I don't even want to talk about Gary it really. V. No, no, no. Like the guy that releases like Satanic Song. Oh, um, Lil Nas or Lil Nas. So Lil Nas X. X, yeah, yeah. So like, that guy, like, he doesn't just have an understanding of how to put a song out, but he understands that this is what these people are gonna say, and then this is how I'm gonna respond, and he's able to take the narrative beyond just what he's pushing out, but then it becomes a story of, you know, all the, uh, you know, all the people that are on the conservative side are saying this, and then he starts actually using that and starts. Like, what was genius about it? Like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't listen to any of his stuff. I'm not a fan. But like, just looking at from afar, these Christian conservative people are starting to say, like, man, this is ridiculous, blah blah blah. So he makes like an apology video, right? Like he knew they were gonna say that, and so this apology video is just like a, it's a pump fake. It's not an actual apology video, but like he got their attention. And then he knew exactly how to play that attention to get the attention back to him. And then he played it and kind of, you know, put the ball back in their court. And he's playing this game that's beyond just the song. 
in the background the song is getting all these plays he's making all this money the other thing he did is that they put like the nike logo on the shoe mm-hmm. when it's not even like a nike <laughs> Yeah, and and he it knew. has nothing to do with Nike, but it looks like he got sponsored by Nike. Exactly, and double shoes. And yeah. and there's no way like these guys are not dumb. They know that Nike's gonna sue them, right? Like they mm. know this. Like and so they're ready for that. And so that's another thing that they capture. And it's like okay, when they sue us, this is what we're gonna say. And so they know what the reactions are, and they know how to play mm. those reactions at such a large scale. I think it's just. I think it's brilliant. I think uh, I think it'd be interesting if Nuri was on. Actually, I think Nuri would have uh, quite a few things to say about this. But um, if you look, but I at- mean, it's 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 not. I don't think it's him. There's a obviously a brilliant marketing team behind him that knows how all this is going to play out. Right, right. There's so. another example of American Apparel back when. So American Apparel is this company that was known as being like a bad, bad boy brand. You know what I mean? Like if you're kind of like you're a criminal kind of brand. And so what they did is when, who was that director um, that's done like a lot of movies? uh, And he got like, he got like, huh? That narrowed it down. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like this New Yorker director, right? Like, I think he's like Jewish, but. Anyway, still, uh, still not narrowing it down. But <laughs> let me actually look it up. American Jewish director, New York, that does director. Uh, I mean, what kind of movies? Action uh, movies? No, it's like, like weird, indies. like personal things. Indies, bunch of indies. Yeah, movies. indies, bunch of indies. Oh, so, uh, the basketball guy? No, no. Knicks? No, no. Uh, not Spike Lee. No, but not anyway, Spike like they. Essentially, it might it might have been a different company actually, but like essentially, what they did was uh, this director got caught. Like essentially, it was like Me Too type thing. But this was before, this was like in two thousand four or something, right? So like, the, he got caught. Like, oh man, like all these girls are saying this about you, whatever. Like, and he was in the news in the headlines. So what this company does is they put his face on a billboard wearing like American Apparel gear, without his permission, without anything. <laughs> Right. Just because like that's the <laughs> that's the kind of like they knew that when he saw that and they did it because it's this bad boy brand and they want to show that, hey, since this guy's a bad boy, he's in the news for this. We're going to say he's like American Pro. They knew he was going to sue him. So they sued him for five million dollars. And so if you like cost out the price of attention, five yeah. million dollars is not a lot to pay for the amount of attention that that generated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think stuff like this is really cool. Uh, just looking at the the company that actually was behind this is called Ogilvy. They're they're famous for a lot of like really really cool stuff. Um, o- Ogilvy is the you're talking about the Burger King, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they are the, these guys. I think it's a brilliant move, Yusuf. Like, really, I I wish so. Like, I have a separate podcast where we we talk about this stuff. It's like you talk about it, you deep dive it. It's just like it's not as easy to actually do stuff like this. You know, like you really gotta. Mm-hmm. It's it's intentional. You know what I mean? Like people don't realize because it's happening and people are reacting to it. But everything that's being done is intentional, right? And like, and they're thinking about, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? And that's what a really good marketing strategy looks like. We're like, okay, this is a low, like this is a bottom of the barrel team. How do we get them known? And that's mm-hmm. what they did. You know what I mean? Like that's, I think it's really awesome. It's got me, to, I was about to like, I was about to fall asleep. You got me excited because Stuff like this really excites me. So, uh, 
Dude, anyway. Chima, um, have you ever heard of the, the Dave Chappelle um, skit that he did about Prince? Where a Prince plays basketball? And, like, he just whoops people in his Prince attire. And, like, you know, he's very soft. He's very, um, not soft-spoken, but, like, uh, he's very, like, unassuming. Like, that you wouldn't think that Prince would be able to ball like that, but then he just rocks everybody on the court. Have you seen that sketch? I, I think I might have seen it, but so So Dave Chappelle dresses up like Prince, right? He's, he's the one who's dressed up like Prince. And essentially what happens is that he, he doesn't know Prince at this point. He's just doing the sketch as, like, a form of satire, like, poking fun of, you know, a fellow uh, black, um, uh, a black uh, creator, right? Essentially what happens, that, that happens in 2004? 2003. Then what happens in 2014 is Prince releases an album um, uh, for uh, Prince releases a single called um, Breakfast Can Wait. So Breakfast Can Wait has an art like, you know, cover art for that. So what Prince does is he uses Dave Chappelle's popularity from that sketch and he uses Dave Chappelle's photo of him, of Dave Chappelle dressed as Prince for the album cover I mean, for the song cover so that he could sell that song and it could gain uh, uh, widespread uh, uh, recognition on that. And I thought that was so funny. I thought it was so cool. And, and, and then Dave Chappelle acknowledges it on like a 2014 segment with Jimmy Fallon where he was just like, oh, yeah. that's a Prince move right there. I made fun of Prince in a sketch 10 years ago and he'll just use you on an album cover. And he's like, what am I going to do? Suit him for using a picture of me dressed up as him? That's checkmate right there. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. And it was an interesting marketing campaign too. Like a very small one, but still very interesting. He, he got princed. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Woody Allen was the director that that Chief mm. was referring to. And I kind of remember what you're saying now, Chima. That was on, I think that was on the, the Twitterverse, that, like, everybody who had, not only was was uh, um, uh, the, the apparel company doing that, people were also just making ads with, with Woody Allen in them, and they were just posting it, using it as memes for, like, really, like, really not so nice things. What are you sharing here? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're sharing the... <laughs> You'll full screen that. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Okay. So, All right. So now we're at one thirty. Do you guys want to just call it right now? Chima, I we am, lost your audio. I am good too, but it's up to you guys. Chima, we lost your audio. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, so you guys didn't hear anything I was saying? <laughs> But I was no, showing yeah, that. No, no, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> no, I was just saying that this is after that picture that I was showing was after the um, the lawsuit. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, so the article was about the lawsuit was for five million dollars, and the picture was the actual billboard that they used. It was something in Hebrew, I think. Uh, I think it, I don't know what I said, but I think that's like, I, I think it's it's genius. Like, I just publicity stunts like that i think it's really yeah. interesting and fun to need, to deep dive we need to have a, a deep dive segment on i know that that's your that's what your podcast your your deep dive marketing podcast is for but we need to have one on here for sure that that we could spend an just entire episode go on it. his podcast yeah. <laughs> and have it there 
I don't want to. I'm trying to plug it's podcast the specific King. reason. I mean, go there and plug podcast King. Yeah, that's probably a better idea for your team's already as well. famous. Don't we have some sort of I didn't mean it like, that. like listeners? <laughs> huh? No, no, no. It's all good. It's What'd all you good. say? No, no, no. No, no. I was right. saying that we were having, we had some sort of overlap in this, in, in, in the people who listen to our podcasts. I don't think so. I, I don't think, like the people that are listening to Podcast Kings are listening to Branding Deep Dive. Okay, that we should get them to. I. <laughs> what Chima's saying is he's got his own following. No, no, no. Like, like, yeah, you, you, you need you people to listen. You got to show up on his podcast. No, no, like, no, 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 no. I, I don't mean that. Like, I don't mean that. What I mean is like, here's what I'm basing this off. Like the people that reach out to me, like randomly that tell me like, hey, listen to your podcast. They're not talking about branding deep dive. They're talking about podcast kings. And so I know they're not listening to branding Let's deep go. dive. Because if they were. But that's okay. Yusuf, like sit down. He's, that's because it's trying to make us feel better. It's okay, Yusuf. Yeah, but like it's He's like I don't I don't think yeah. there's a lot of overlap because uh, I I just don't think my other podcast is very specific to a specific demographic and I think we're actually looking to make it even more specific and more niche but uh, right now it is like it's not for everyone and and we mm-hmm. know that and we're not going for everyone anyway. He doesn't want you anyway. He just doesn't want me near him. That's fine. We're just waiting for when we can replace you, Chima. Not a problem. I'll take over as showrunner. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.